Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network. In a new year, a new movie review, a new man joining us wow. <laughs> for the first time. Who is this, he, Who is he this is, man? <laughs> he is now Mr. Ben Waterworth, uh, <laughs> formerly Ms. Ben Waterworth, I think. <laughs> That's the way it works. But, Transitions uh, <laughs> happened. It's finally come through. <laughs> But we are going to be bringing you a new movie review, and we will say right up front, this will be a spoiler. Normally, we'll do spoiler-free reviews for all new movies, and occasionally we'll add a a companion one as a spoiler. This one, we're just going to go full spoiler, because everything in this movie has been spoiled already, and that's all the fun stuff we get to talk about. We are here to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, a.k.a. Wonder Woman 84, a.k.a. WW84, uh, which I think is a motor oil as well. But... um, (laughs) This title is ever-evolving, just like the DCEU, and uh, very excited. This movie's probably about a week or week and a half old now, and we're finally getting around to talking about it. My name is Colin, and this movie's good, but it can be better. And my name is Ben, and I have a great relationship with Sears. I can get you a brand new TV by the end of the day. 19 inches, no strings attached. <laughs> Uh, that is the only thing Ben could get you this 19 inches by the end exactly. of the day. Exactly, exactly. Mallory's penis is about 18. So. <laughs> yeah. Your complete complete side note here on penises. <laughs> We're on it. Let's start off 2021 <laughs> Happy right. 2021, everyone. It's it's time for dongs. We're back. <laughs> uh, Jamie got Casper's first board game today, oh. which is Scrabble, Scrabble Jr. And he had spelt out pen, P-E-N. And she decided to add an IS on the end. I knocked your tiles off the board. <laughs> not yet, Jamie. Not ready. He's only Classic four. Jamie. Straight away into penis. <laughs> That's, uh, yep. Cool. Nothing's changed in 2021, clearly. Nope. Same old Jamie, same old show. <laughs> but Wonder Woman 84, um, I, I saw this the day it came out. Uh, no, I didn't get to see it the day it came out. I got it the day it came out, uh, which was Christmas Day. And then I was exhausted because it was Christmas. And you said, you're not going to get a chance to watch it. So I said, great, I'm taking my time. And I think I got to it before the end of the long weekend. But I think everybody in the world has seen this movie now. We both said off air, we weren't sure what the other person thought about it. Um, my opening quote kind of sums my feelings up. This movie, I I feel like I finished watching this and thought, yeah, that was pretty average. Uh, and I feel like I'm a little bit more defensive of this movie now, A, after having watched it a second time. And not finding it any better or worse, just finding it kind of the same. But just seeing how angry people are getting and calling this like the worst comic book movie ever made. I'm like, have you seen Fantastic Four, the more recent one? Have you seen, I don't know, Spider-Man 3? Captain Marvel, yeah. Uh, I'd go as far as to say that I probably enjoyed this more than most of the uh, recent Marvel movies, minus Endgame, but it's not a good movie, but it is not as bad as people are saying. Like, I, I don't know. What's your feelings on it? It's it's crazy. I, I avoided everything with this movie. So, like, when it came out, I, I didn't even look at reviews. I, I knew nothing of what people were thinking of this movie until I watched it. The only thing I knew was Mallory's brother had said to us, uh, I think just before we left, he'd watched it and said, like, he didn't like it. And he's like, no, I didn't like it. So, I'm like, okay, good, good, you know, start. And Mallory and I decided on Sunday night, before the night we got back, like, let's watch um, the first Wonder Woman because I hadn't seen it in a while and I think maybe this will help us. Uh, and I thought straight away we're going to watch the second one. We ended up watching White Christmas instead. 
So uh, <laughs> on January the 3rd, uh, not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Gotta say, Wonder Woman 1984, just as much as a Christmas movie as White Christmas. It's got as much Christmas in it. Just pointing that out there. Uh, so we, we got ourselves set up last night and watched it and didn't know how I was going to feel. And I'm going to be flat out honest with you right now. I fucking loved it. I actually <laughs> loved it. I, like, I, Melanie and I all day today have been like, I really liked that. And, like, as soon as it finished, I was like, I really, really like that. I, I like it better than the first one. And this might be my top three or four DCEU movies. Yeah. I, I actually really loved it. Uh, we're going to disagree on some things on this, I think. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I watched this movie and and Jamie, who is notorious for on this show, buying everything, even movies that she <laughs> will agree are bad. Movies that she will go out of her way to criticize over me and then she'll buy it. Uh all she could say to me during this entire movie was just, oh, isn't this kind of a problem? Does this make any sense? I feel like this movie's never getting off the ground. And like, I agree with all that, but it's not unwatchable. And I think these people who are comparing it to like Batman and Robin and uh, Fantastic Four and all those, like, no, to me, this is, it's the perfect blend of everything that is wrong with X-Men Apocalypse, everything that's wrong with Spider-Man 3, but it's at least fun and watchable, whereas I don't find X-Men Apocalypse and Spider-Man uh, 3 to be watchable. I've never seen X-Men Apocalypse, so I can't comment on that. You know I like Spider-Man 3. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, reading some of the criticism, and, like, uh, this again, Mallory and I talked about this, there are definitely things I can see wrong with this movie. There, there's, if you had the time to watch the um, the pitch meeting uh, channel and they've done the Wonder Woman 84 one, like it sums up everything, the, the issues. And so I'm glad we're doing a spoiler one because there will be definitely things where I'm like, that makes no sense, that makes no sense. But like, it just, I found it so fun. And this, like, to me, it kind of, it's like what I like about Shazam, right? Where Shazam kind of, we talked a lot about that in our 58 episodes we've done on Shazam. It's like, <laughs> it kind of took us back to like the early 2000s where it's just like, it's like a fun superhero movie that nothing like has to be super connected. Like we didn't even need to watch the first one to get this one without, you know, you remember enough about Steve Trevor that kind of that's all you need to know. The little photos at the beginning when you kind of see kind of what's happened to some of the guys from the first one, all that sort of stuff. But other than that, you can just watch this but i just found it fun like it, the nostalgia aspect of it wasn't as in your face as i thought it was going to be but that was still fun i think that the performances in this movie particularly one person just blew me away and i absolutely love that performance one of my favorite performances by any actor in any superhero movie ever gal gadot looks incredible and like she's kind of improved in the role and it's just it was just fun and like again you can have a fun movie and still point out problems. I mean, you and I love Batman and Robin yeah. and let's be honest, that's got a lot wrong with it, but like I could just put it at the door and enjoy it. Like I like die another day. Like <laughs> I just can enjoy it. And like, I just want to put this out right now. Cause I'm going to forget Mallory's brother was like, it doesn't have a plot. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that, but I'm going to counter that and say, it does have a plot. It has a plot of Bruce almighty. So this basically <laughs> was Bruce Almighty yeah. 2, um, better than Evan Almighty. But that as soon as I, like, half of the movie, I'm like, this movie's Bruce Almighty. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Um, but, like, uh, I, I, I kind of thought from the... I know, I know this is a weird thing to say because you, like, maybe t- texted me two things. But I'm kind of thinking, like, I feel Colin's not liking this movie. I feel there's something here because I feel... <laughs> when you like a movie and I haven't seen it, like you're a bit more like, I don't know, but I, I let's do this review now. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know, but, um, uh, I, I, I love this movie. I, I, I'm weird. Call me weird. Like I said, it's not unwatchable. I mean, so much so that I watched it a second time. 
uh, I think a day or two later. I mean, partly because you get 48 hours to watch it. I mean, here in Canada, uh, it was available, you know, on demand or in theaters. No theaters open anywhere in the country. So we all got on demand. I was compelled enough to watch it a second time. And I think there's a lot of movies that uh, I, I initially was maybe kind of disappointed by. And when I watched a second time, I'm like that improves. Black Panther is a good example. Watch it the first time, really was underwhelmed. Watch it the second time, like, I get it a little bit more. Still don't think it's great, but I get it more. Birds of Prey that we talked about a couple months ago is a perfect example of that. Really was underwhelmed the first time I saw it. Second time, like, I enjoyed this a lot. Nothing really changes for me on a second viewing for this, but it doesn't go down either. It's just, it's, it's, it's adequate. I think that's the best way to describe this. I think a lot of the issues I have is in the change of tone, which you're saying you kind of enjoyed that this was just, it was fun, it's silly, it's more you know, comic booky, and And I think they did a good job embracing that. It's just, it felt out of place as, I guess, the middle ground. If this had just been the sequel to Wonder Woman, I think I'd be more uh, accepting towards going from a, a little bit of a serious, dramatic Wonder Woman 1 to what is essentially a kid's movie here. And they're gearing more towards a kid's audience, obviously because the Wonder Woman character, particularly, I think, you know, with kids resonated more than Batman or Superman did in the other DCEU movies. But when we know that this is going to eventually lead to the Justice League Wonder Woman, it just it felt very, it felt like a different franchise to me. I 100% like that. Like a lot of my issues, I kept saying Mallory like, wait, but this is before Justice League and this doesn't make sense. Like she can fly and she can do this yet. She's not doing that in Justice League and things like that. Yeah. So absolutely. But again, I think this is like... um again we talk so much about this in all of our other dceu episodes where the tone and it's so shifty right like i mean if you watch man of steel and then watch this like are you thinking this is in the same franchise even watching the first wonder woman to this it's like thinking is this the same franchise but as much as i'm a sucker for you know continuity and things being connected i i kind of think now that this is i think we've had more than half the dceu movies now are like this where this is kind of the norm right like you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman all felt like both felt so connected, right? Then Suicide Squad had enough in there to connect it. Wonder Woman kind of steered away enough, but then you still had the beginning and the end that were bookended by, you know, Bruce Wayne. Justice League kind of turned it up enough, and it's going to be so interesting to see the Snyder Cut this year now to see what they do with that. But then, like, Aquaman, Shazam, and Birds of Prey are just so separate. Like, they're just so, yeah. so separate. And this is on the same vein as those. So, like, that's where I can kind of enjoy it enough and like like you knew you know i enjoyed the first wonder woman i never said i disliked it but i ranked that at the bottom basically because i enjoyed the other one so much more whereas like this one is kind of like i feel what i wanted from the first wonder woman enough where it's kind of just it, it has all those elements where you know like it, it didn't i don't know the first wonder woman doesn't frustrate me it's just it's just not compared to the other ones whereas this one i don't know but it's just it's so odd though like i don't know where i'm going with this point like nothing's changed this year clearly but it's it is interesting how like you kind of look at this in the grand scheme of the dceu and then connecting this to justice league um because i mean one of the things i'll say right now is like there's, there's no reason to make this 1984 like you could have just had this in yeah. modern day like this post justice league and it would have been Completely. exactly the same like there's the, like captain marvel was kind of like oh let's go in the 90s and be nostalgic but you kind of forgot about that five minutes in this one it wasn't as full in your face 80s as i thought it was going to be um, which was slightly disappointing, but I also think they had enough there. But there's no reason to make this 1984 except for the nostalgia bait, right? Well, here's the thing. I, one of the things I actually liked about this movie was um, the fact that they embraced 1984 in the tone of the movie. 
Uh, I've always been a defender of the Batman movies, particularly with Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin, where people say, well, that's not the way Batman's supposed to be. I'm like, why don't you go back and read 70 years worth of comics and tell me Batman was never like that? Comics change over time. And I think the first Wonder Woman movie really embraced what Wonder Woman was like when it was conceived. Whereas this is sort of embracing what, what comics were like in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, but as far as like fitting it into the time period, I do think this does a better job than Captain Marvel. But it, this is where the comparison X-Men Apocalypse comes for me. Because the first two X-Men prequels, uh, First Class and Days of Future Past, they fully embraced the time period they're in. They were about, that story could only really be told in 1962 or 1972. And then X-Men Apocalypse were like, well, we're going to place in the 80s but it's just the 80s because now that's what we have to do. There's nothing, they try, there's, there's little moments where they try to sort of pigeonhole this and be like, oh, we're gonna throw something in there about the nuclear arms race that's gonna take up 60 seconds of screen time. We're gonna throw something there about the oil crisis that's barely gonna be the focus of the movie. So it makes it relevant to 84 and, and neither of those things really fit in this movie. So you could have made this any other time period. I also, there was one of the reviews I actually watched on YouTube, I think it was the IGN review. They, they made some very good points about how Patty Jenkins had fun with the style of this film and kind of making it a very 80s feeling movie like and kind of some of the tropes like the nerd to cool trope and kind of things like that. And there was a few others that I can't The remember. opening fight scene. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh no, like it was kind of like a, a love letter to like the early 80s superhero movies. Like they, the review compared it a lot to like Superman 2 and kind of like, you know, yeah. a lot of the way it was filmed and everything. And like, that's kind of what I found fun about some of it too. And one thing that I'll say that Mallory really pointed out too, and, and she said a lot of this in Birds of Prey afterwards. She was like, oh, like I really love, I think it was Canary. Like I want to be her. And like, Mallory's not the type of person who, you know, he's like girl power. Like I'm going to come out and I want to be like that. But like halfway through this movie, she's like, I fucking love Wonder Woman. Like I, like she's, she's my favorite. Like I love her. And like, I kind of said to her like, well, that's good. Like I'm guessing that's kind of the point, right? Wonder Woman, female, like that sort of stuff. But like, she's like, no, but like, I just love her as a character. Like she's just so interesting. And so all this sort of stuff. And like, I really like that. I like the fact that Mallory came out and said that from this movie. She never said that in the first movie, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, again, I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> Wonder Woman! Uh, Wonder Woman! <laughs> uh, I'm 100% behind Wonder Woman as a character now. Like, I think what this movie did was it cemented Wonder Woman as a superhero and not mm, just mm -hmm. a great character like the first one. Like, she, to me, stands with Henry Cavill, Superman, and Ben Affleck's Batman now. It's not, not even a question. I mean, yeah, she was, you know, in the, the brief screen time she had, maybe the best thing in Batman versus Superman, great in Justice League. But did you absolutely buy her as, like, she is this character? The way that Christopher Reeve was Superman. She is this character. I worship Gal Gadot now. Like, oh, like me too. Gal Gadot... She might be the, my single favorite human being on the planet right now. Like, she's amazing. Don't tell but, Jamie. Oh, Jamie knows. <laughs> I, fin I finished um, a half marathon. I actually did two half marathons back to back. And uh, as I, I showed Jamie in my finishing time, she decided to um, spam me with about a dozen different Gal Gadot uh, GIFs, <laughs> which uh, definitely, definitely helped uh, in the recovery of the race. But uh, anyways. And in recoveries of other areas, too. Where are we? What? Who, who are you? What happened? <laughs> um, anyways, but uh, but I think they lost something with the character for me. Uh, and everybody sort of knows it's so obvious what Superman is like, partly because they've made it like part of his, his what he's built on. Superman stands for hope. That's what the character's purpose is. He represents hope. Batman represents justice. What does Wonder Woman represent? She represents humanity and empathy. And that's what they really nailed in the first movie. And that was such an afterthought here, like to the point where 
it wasn't until the final sequence and you could say, okay, well, they just want to leave that as a surprise, but it's not a terribly effective final sequence where she finally sort of represents that humanity again. So to me, I sort of felt like as much as Gal Gadot became Wonder Woman here, I feel like the purpose of her character is completely lost in this movie. And I don't think it would have taken a lot to really inject some more of that humanity into this movie. I see it. I think um, that's a very good point. I think a lot of that gets lost in the Steve Trevor plot and a lot of things get lost in the Steve Trevor plot. We'll like, get like, there. We, we love Chris Pine. Don't get us wrong. And like, I'm, I'm glad he's back. Uh, the man is a beautiful man. Um, even though he looks really old in this movie, was that just me or has he aged a lot since the last one? <laughs> but, yeah. She should have wished for a younger Steve Trevor. Right yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, is any of that valid to the plot? Uh, (laughs) like I get it you've got to kind of make her greedy in the fact that you know like she's got to make a wish too and she's got to rescind I understand that and that's the only thing she's going to wish for um but like my biggest problem is like does he need to come back in the form of another man like I guess we'll get to that um, like there's no purpose that and have you read all the backlash this is causing now by the social justice warriors um but yeah like that's actually a good point though with the humanity thing and it's kind of like it's it's interesting that you've got this prologue which is sort of like you know oh you must always tell the truth and like okay like oh that's the theme of the movie anything to get robin right back i'm not complaining but yeah. um yeah no i like actually the yeah, the way you sell that like I, i'm on board I, I think that's a good point that with a hope bit at the end yeah well and just to further illustrate what i nailed down is the issue with this when you watch the first wonder woman movie they really drive home her purpose with so many different areas, not just, it's not a superficial level. You see the soldiers coming, you know, I guess off the boat, the ones who are all injured, and she just looks mortified by it. Every time she sees like a village in trouble, she's mortified. Here, I swear, it was a half a dozen times. It's like a kid is gonna get run over by a car. Gotta save the kid. Like we can only have so many. Oh, a kid. Why has this become so superficial that it's just she needs to save children now? Like there's a million things you could have done here with people suffering and all that. That's part of what this movie tried to be about. I feel like I tried to feel like they tried to make it about these people are lacking something in their life, and then they wish for something and it ends up worse. And she doesn't seem to feel for them. And even what you were saying with uh, the thing about okay, well, obviously this movie's trying to show her own greed and she has to get past that. They dump that in only in the last scene where Steve mm. Trevor's in the movie. If they had put more seeds of that throughout the movie and you could understand, I, I get what Patty Jenkins point is, but you don't get what Patty Jenkins pointed. You kind of have to really read between like really read between the lines and listen to interviews to get what her point was in this movie. And this is one thing where I feel you might actually praise Spider-Man 3, but you've got to admit that what they did in Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire turning dark did it better than what they did here with uh, Diana Prince. It was consistent. I don't think it was better. It was consistent and more consistent, yes. <laughs> Come on, we want to Gal Gadot dancing to smooth jazz. Get up off of that thing. Um, no, you're right. And I, the other thing too that, and this is always the problem, we say this a lot in any of these, you know, cinematic universes, it's like, you have your big team-up movies to save the world, but, like, in your solo movies, it's almost on the same level, if not bigger sometimes, in the team-up movies and where is everyone else. And, again, 84, like, Clark Kent's only going to be young and, and Bruce Wayne's only young and all that sort of stuff. But, like, my biggest thing here is by setting it in the 80s, 
the first one's in World War One. This is in 1984. Did she stop World War Two? Did she just let Hitler <laughs> like fucking kill three million Jews? What about the Vietnam? Yeah. What about Korea? Like, you've got to question these things. Like, like set this the in civil World rights War movement in the 60s. There's yeah. an opportunity. Rosa Parks, like, could have like she could have just gone on that bus and straight away and gone. Rosa Parks, you sit at the front. I'm Wonder Woman. Fucking listen to me. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, like, make a big deal out of it, Diana. You're sulking around about Steve, okay? Um, but, but like, and the other thing, too, it was, like, this, essentially, this movie, like, is almost a world-ending, like, oh, my God, everyone's greedy, blah, 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 blah. Again, Bruce Almighty. And yeah. then there's no consequences for anyone in this movie. Like, no one gets arrested. Oh, no one yeah. dies. <laughs> uh, the world is going to remember everything. So come Justice League when we've got Steppenwolf, at least everyone will be going, ah, oh, fuck, remember 1984 when all the nukes were? This yeah. is nothing. Like, <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> yeah. And, like, well, another thing, too, that I was... Uh, did we point this out in one of the other movies as well? Like, DC is known for their fictional cities. This is Washington, DC. So, Lincoln exists in this world. Like, I don't know if this president was meant to be Reagan or slightly Reagan-esque. I think like, it is, yeah. Like, Washington, DC and Gotham and Metropolis and Edge City and, and uh, what was the city in Suicide Squad? Was that Edge City or was that a different one? I, I don't even remember. Yeah, but like again, like it, they kind of cross paths a little bit, so it kind of doesn't like I don't understand this. Um, Soviet Union exists normally, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all over um, the place. We will get to the Steve Trevor thing because I think that's where all the fun is. Uh, but <laughs> uh, before we do that, uh, you know, you were you were sort of commenting about um, the, the way that they use the time period and. Uh, the one okay there's gonna be several things with this movie where i'm gonna praise it but also criticize it for the execution the idea of using the money hungry oil tycoon as a villain perfectly fits 1984 very um, trumpian did you get that it, it it was um but going along with what you said about no consequences Am I the only person who's bothered by the fact that you have two villains in this movie and they soften the two villains to the point where you're supposed to cry from them? This is where the Spider-Man 3 comes from for me. Why don't you just have a villain? Like, the, the people criticized Ares as a villain in the first Wonder Woman. At least he was evil. At mm. least you were rooting for her. You, you knew that there were consequences. Here, you just have to make a guy cry and he goes off and hugs his son. Maxwell Lord, you know, in, in the comics... To me, he is Lex Luthor, but scarier. He's not a better character than Lex Luthor, but he's Lex Luthor with a little bit of power, uh, like like real powers, like superpowers, where it's scary. And I have a feeling this might be the character you're talking about that you absolutely love the performance of. Like, And who doesn't love Pedro Pascal? I mean, he is great for what he does in this movie. But why isn't he the ultimate villain? As you said, if they're going for like a Trump thing, you could have made him like this terrible, terrible man who's not redeemable and Wonder Woman really has to fight against him. But instead, she just touches his heart and he goes off and hugs his son. Is that the way that we need an ending? And Cheetah too? Like, let's get some real villains in here. Again, completely don't disagree with what you're saying because like on the grand scheme of evilness, I think kind of, yeah, if you've got no consequences, I'll boohoo, my son's sad and, oh, I don't like being a cheetah, which I'll get to that in a minute, which is just fucking strange. Um, but like... I, I like I don't know Pedro Pedro Pascal outside of the Mandalorian. Like that was the first time I'd ever seen him and I knew nothing of him. I, I don't even think I knew he was in I think I kinda knew he was in this movie, but I maybe didn't pay attention to it. So when I saw his name in the credits, I'm like, oh cool, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. And right, and then realizing he was like the big bat. And one thing I Mallory and I talked about, I love watching a movie 
when you have somebody who you know for one thing and they're completely opposite and they pull it off. Like Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey, like we just fucking loved him. He was so much fun. But like, again, as your point, he's just an evil prick. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. and I love my villains, evil pricks. And again, you're absolutely (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You love your e- villains, evil pricks, or you love your evil villain pricks. I, I, no, I like think there's an apostrophe. The <laughs> there's an apostrophe in the wrong part there. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, I like I was just hooked to everything in this movie with Pedro Pascal. Like I just everything. Like I thought I was going to be that with Kristen Wiig in this movie because I'm a massive Kristen Wiig fan, and I was so looking forward to seeing her be like in a serious role. And like I enjoy Kristen Wiig. She wasn't what I was thinking she was going to be in this movie. But Pedro Pascal, oh my god! Like he just everything he was on screen owned it. He's amazing. Like I just was hooked to his villain and like. Again, don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, I completely agree with you, but just, I was just blown away. I loved it. I, I like on a year when Oscar nominations are gonna be weird because there's none of these movies are out there. Like, I would put him up for like a top fifteen performance. He was brilliant. I loved him. He was so good. To me, he is, uh, I'm not going to say anything against his performance, but this is a lesser version of what they did with Jake Gyllenhaal and Mysterio and Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, He makes a a less than stellar movie because of how much effort he puts into his performance and how different the character is. I mean, this is nothing really like the Maxwell Lord from the comics, but he created something just like Jake Gyllenhaal did with Mysterio that's so compelling to watch. You can't not love him. I think my issue is just that I think especially when you have two villains, you needed one of them to be redeemed and you need the other one to not be redeemed. And they just leave it so open-ended with Cheetah. Uh, nothing against Kristen Wiig, but it's it's very hard to follow her character because she seems to be playing like three separate characters in this movie. Mm. And it wasn't really a clear transition with her. Like they go from bumbling sidekick to, you know, oh, she's got these powers and she's a little bit corrupt to she's, a monster and and you know you i guess you could say between the two she's the one who's not redeemed at the end of this like it was just kind of a confusing portrayal i i don't get the cheetah thing and like this is again i don't read comics for people who are listening to this for the first time like i i don't like i get it that's a character but like it's kind of you had that brief scene when it's all like you can wish for anything and she's like i want to be an apex predator and like but they, they brilliantly point that out in the um the pitch meeting where they're like well why wasn't she a killer whale and it's like because i made her a cheetah <laughs> get off all my back on it like it's kind of like it's just like i feel like you got those subtle little hints where she's wearing like leopard print and like you see lots of like leopard and cheetah print in the yeah. background like i get it but like i feel like we need it so like um Amazing Spider-Man, like with Lizard, I feel like kind of there was like hints of why he's going to be a lizard, right? Like mm-hmm. like in these transformations when people turn into things, like I feel there needs to be more of a, a thing. Whereas this, like it just all of a sudden, and I said to Matt, like, are we watching Cats? Like, like <laughs> fucking where's Judy Dench and bloody Taylor Swift? It's still a better movie than Cats. I haven't seen Cats, but I'm telling you now, this is a better movie than Cats because anything's better than Cats. But like that was just random to me that she's all of a sudden a fucking cheater. I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> you know what we're missing too is the whole point of this movie is you get your wish, but it's not what you expect it to be. There's, mm. there's, I guess stipulations that That's come along. With it. There's, there's, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's supposed to be bedazzled. Where's our scene where she's like, I didn't actually want to be a cheetah. <laughs> I just wanted to be an apex predator. Like, there's nothing like that. I, I mean, still, I think she does good for what she has, but again, softened the villain so much in this movie that it's just that there doesn't seem to be the same stakes as there were in the first one. Uh, we got to talk about Chris Pine here. So, 
Nobody oh, doesn't he's... love Chris Pine. <laughs> Nobody doesn't love him as Steve Trevor. Even when he's in this movie, I can't say anything bad about him. Like this movie benefits from his presence. Yeah. I have no problem with them bringing him back. Now I can only imagine that there's a bunch of deleted scenes somewhere where they really tried to sell the point of you're taking it over another man's body because Hey, if you haven't seen it, we, we did warn you as spoiler review, but he doesn't come back as Steve Trevor. He comes back inside another man's body. Handsome now, man is the name of the character. Handsome man. Handsome man. <laughs> uh, but uh, first I'll just say, Jamie brought up the same issue you're saying. It's like, is this guy just supposed to be okay with the fact that somebody's taking over his life? Is Wonder Woman okay? Why isn't she more concerned that somebody's lost their life over this? And even bringing up is like, is this guy okay with the fact that somebody else just had sex in his body? Now she brought this up to me multiple times throughout the movie. And I got to be honest, I told him like, you know what, if I'm this guy and I wake up and I have even the slightest bit of recollection of this happening, I am not mad. <laughs> Somebody taking over oh, my no, body. Okay? I had to have sex with Gal Gadot. Oh, oh. call the cops. I mean, come on. If I have no memory of it, I mean, just a badge of honor, pat yourself on the back. You know, There's I don't remember photo. it, but it happened. There's a sex tape. Exactly. There you sure. go. Yep. I mean, if her fingerprints around the apartment, you know, hey, look, I got proof. DNA here. Proof. And, <laughs> and let's be fair. Same goes if it was Chris Pine. If I wake up and exactly. I realize I've had sex with Chris Pine, <laughs> I'm fine with that too. No complaints, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not for me an issue of no consent. Okay, that's the big thing people are talking about. That is an issue in this movie. Okay, <laughs> let's just say it is a little bit weird. But the issue here is that they decided to put him in another man's body, which is very difficult to film around. So, you know, they were very dedicated to making him inside another man's body and then doing away with it by having her say, oh, but I only see you. Okay, so A, that's not her bedazzled twist. There's no downside to this for her. So, so if this is supposed to be your another man's body, just do that. You want to bring back Chris Pine, bring him back. But then just make it that one woman loses her powers and she she's like, I can't sacrifice my powers for you. None of that is present in this movie. And I can, I have to, I'm going to say I am 99% positive that it is a part of a movie that got cut somewhere in this very long two and a half hour long movie. Because there's no way that you go to such great lengths to say he is inside another man's body when it doesn't benefit the story at all. It's just the fact that it's not explained here. It just leaves you very confused. Like, why am I watching him in another man's body? There's, there's literally no reason why you just can't have him appear out of nowhere. And I think kind of it's, it's, it's to me, it's like, they gave this twist away in the, in the trailer, right? That he's coming back. So like, okay, well, everyone's questioning, how does he come back? Got to say, first of all, one positive about this, they at least explain it better than they explain Palpatine in the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. So <laughs> did it better that way. But at the same time, it's still like, like this is the one thing I just say to Mallory after this movie. Like, I loved it, loved it, but like it makes no sense that they need to put him in another man's body. It's like, oh, so you've got that nice little romantic moment of him at the end, like with the handsome man. But like straight away, it's like, well, we know that she's kind of moved on eventually because she has this flirtation with fucking Bruce Wayne in mm-hmm. Batman v Superman and Justice League. It's kind of implied that those two are pro- And uh, didn't we talk about this? Doesn't Wonder Woman get with Batman in the comics or something like Superman. that? Superman. Superman, okay. Well, I mean, God, when you've got Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck yeah. to choose from, fuck, what a hard life you would oh, have. Oh, come on. Uh, Jesus. Like, we're talking about how lucky this handsome man is. Gal Gadot, she's got, like, Chris <laughs> Pine, Ben Affleck, and Henry Cavill. Jesus Christ, you and- 
and handsome woman. man and handsome man <laughs> who is that mark ruffalo's twin can i just point that out very <laughs> i can see ruffalo the resemblance like. yeah <laughs> but yeah it just i just it you don't need to have this like and this is kind of when i think in that review they're like oh it's the 80s like it's a body swap comedy reference ah, ha, ha. okay we'll make it's it not more... part of the movie in any way <laughs> you literally see like like the whole scene and like this is where it got a bit confusing because you've kind of got this underlying like all men are bastards theme of that all the men are like trying to like, Oh, Hey honey, you want to do this? Like, you know, so we've got this whole sequence where she's walking through this party and she's got like three men hitting on her. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then you've got another guy who all of a sudden within three seconds of her going, no, thank you. No, thank you. Quotes a couple of lines that Steve Trevor said at one point, And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like, what? So is that how a stalker, if you really want to like attack a woman, just learn some things from a past and you're in. <laughs> Is that the message? I don't understand. You know, there's so many things that just get mixed up in this movie. And all the comments and reviews I read, leading, I swear every single one said the exact same thing. There is a good movie in here. It's just lost somewhere. And there's so many of these things. Where, okay, if you had just put some attention, if you just made this more obvious that you were going for the body swap thing, if you made it more obvious you wanted to go for, you know, the the... Uh, 1984 oil crisis, uh, nuclear arms race thing. If you just made it more obvious you were going for Wonder Woman's greed, you can't just have a two and a half hour long movie and spend five minutes of the movie selling what the point is of all these different subplots. You need to actually sprinkle that throughout the movie because it has no effect when suddenly it's like, wait, when she had that scene, the big breakup scene, which which actually is a very good scene, like as far as their performances go, yeah. uh, right before Steve Trevor goes, it's a great scene, but it has no impact the way I think they intended because they didn't set it up throughout the course of the movie. You need setups for anything like that to matter. Yeah, no, it's... And it's strange because, like, you're right. Like, and you, you kind of have to have, like, that breakup thing because, like, it was kind of inevitable that something like that was going to happen. I mean, I think kind of, you know, throughout the movie, we're, you know, going like, oh, is it greed? Is this the theme? Like, kind of this is, you know, the backlash of what you're doing with that. But um, I don't know. Like, one of the reasons I also read too said that, they didn't think that the charisma of Chris Pine was was in this. They reckon the script was bad and it didn't showcase. And I disagree oh, with totally that. Oh, totally disagree on that. This yeah. guy could read the phone book and he's charismatic. Like, I mean, yeah. of all the Chris's, he's more charismatic than Chris Evans. Um, and Way more than Hemsworth. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on the role, Hemsworth, if you watch. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like, naturally, it's just him and Chris Pratt, right? Like, they're, they're the charismatic ones. Um, I'm sorry, I've lost track. I'm thinking of all the Chris's now. I feel like I'm Jamie. Um, <laughs> I got Mallory to rank the Chris's and I feel that Pratt... Oh, Jamie uh, did too. I think Pine was equal third with Pratt because she lo- Mallory loves Chris Evans. Like, she's she's in love with Chris Evans. See, um, Jamie, yeah. Jamie puts Pratt, Pine, Evans, and then Hemsworth last. I feel we did this on an episode once. I, I would have I to I think go, it was Justice League, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I See, I would probably go... Um, Pratt, Pine, Hemsworth, Evans. I think. Like, uh, I would Pratt's probably fun. Chris Pratt's a fun uh, guy. I go similar to Jamie, except I'd swap Pine as my number one. Like Chris Pine is amazing, uh, and, and there's little things he does. In this. It's not just the, the the moment in the trailer that everybody loves. I mean, the the whole <laughs> does everybody parachute now? But there's so many of these little funny moments he has throughout the course of the movie, like when they're looking at all the art. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, he's like, hmm. It's like that's just a trash can. That's just a trash can. Okay, all right. 
I like the radar and the pilot like, when he's like going on the plane and like he's like radar. Will they shoot at us? Like <laughs> they're 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 like and I mean there are definitely things like like a pilot from 1918 could they fly a 1984 aircraft? Like I like I feel oh, like the the same things are there, but at the same time, like could the Wright brothers fly a 747? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, and like, and one thing actually, just on that notion, because like, again, I don't read the comics, but I know that there's an invisible jet in Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. So like, that was kind of cool. Although having said that, it was a bit odd. Oh. Like, she just happens to remember at that point. Hey, I remember that one thing I was taught that I could make things invisible. Convenience. And can a jet that size fly from Washington to Cairo? Don't think so. Well, they they say in the movie they wrote themselves out of that by having a line saying, "There's a jet here that can fly all the way to Cairo on one tank." <laughs> of course, they're still refueling in Cairo. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, um, this just reminds me of fucking Cairo from um, the Spy Love Me, right? Um, Rest in peace, Tanya Roberts. Or is she dead? I don't know. We'll find out by the end of this episode. <laughs> um, wait, no, she's still alive. There she is. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Tanya Roberts is still with us. No, 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 that was a mistake. No, that was a mistake. <laughs> we found our 2021 joke. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. No, Tanya Roberts is dead. Sorry, everyone. Rest in peace, Tanya Roberts. The tribute episode is coming soon. Um, I don't know where else. Can we just get back to talking about the Christmas? Do you not think he looked old in this movie? Was that just me? He does, but I mean, he is old. Like, how old is Chris Pine now? Oh, is he the oldest of the Chris's? Um, I, I don't know. Okay, that's Googling <laughs> all our preparation yeah. Can you hear us? Uh, stalling, stalling, stalling. <laughs> um, Chris moment. Pine is, four, he's only 40. Yeah, he does oh, wow. look kind of old. Gee, he's only 40. Yes, he- this guy is less than a year younger than me. Like, man, I look great compared to Chris Pine. Um. <laughs> Hensworth is uh, 37, born in 83. Pratt is born in 79. Chris Pratt doing well. Whoa. He's the oldest. He's the youngest. He's the youngest looking. And Chris Evans was born in 81. So Pratt's the oldest and looks the youngest. Wow. So, yeah. Good job, Chris Pratt. Good on you, Chris Pratt. You and know? he was the fat guy for very long. So that's exactly. the secret to a long life. Stay fat for the first 35 years. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. Do it, everyone. Get fat. Do it. Everybody get. There's the other 2021 joke. Everybody get fat this year. <laughs> Fuck it. Get fat. That's a T-shirt coming to our store. Fuck it. Get fat. <laughs> um, can we rank the gals? Gal Gadot, number one. That's it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The other... Galamimus from Jurassic Park is pretty sexy. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I like I've never thought Gal Gadot was unattractive, right? Like, Blind Freddy can see that she is attractive. She's just, I guess, not my type of attractive. But like this movie, like, holy fuck! I'm just like, damn! Like, <laughs> just, just, and she, I mean, the things I love about Gal Gadot is that she's naturally beautiful and she seems like a genuinely nice person. Oh, she's um, so cool! Yeah. Yeah, like just incredible. Um, and my favorite, the gold outfit at the end, like when she lost the helmet and the yeah. wings, like. That that was pretty nice. I I enjoyed that. And she was fully covered, by the way, people. That yes. was her at her most covered. Not yes. being uh, chauvinistic here. No, uh, exactly. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we kind of talked about all the characters and everything. Uh, let let's <laughs> let's quickly talk about the invisible jet because you did bring it up. Uh, this is one of the other things I had an issue of in the movie. They dedicated a pretty long scene here to the invisible jet. Another example of it did not need to be the invisible jet. They're like, oh, we got to eventually pay off the invisible jet thing. Let's pay it off. Maybe she should have used this power 
later in the movie or something? <laughs> Make herself invisible to sneak in to beat Maxwell Lord? Yeah. Anything? Yeah, it's just, was... let's throw the invisible jet in for no reason. And again, when it happened, I was freaking out. I'm like, yeah, they made an invisible jet. And then like five minutes past, I'm like, why was it invisible? Like, why did that happen? And does Wonder Woman fly? Like, is this a thing? You know, oh, Wonder Woman flying? Yeah, in the comics, she can. Just okay. like here. But again, the issue with this is, does she lose the power by Justice League? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be too mad at this. Is doesn't fit with the continuity later on, you know? Um, the way she flies, is it beneficial at all? You know, I, I think that was my argument to Jamie. She's like, she was laughing when she saw her flying and uh, lassoing the lightning. I'm like, come on, that's oh, one that of the coolest cool. things I've seen. In, yeah, I'm like, that's cool. one of the coolest things I've seen in this whole movie. And I was n- not down on the movie, but I was like, I was more defending this than Jamie was. But to me, that is, that's what I want to see. But it's not like it's a power that's going to help you in a fight against Steppenwolf, you know, like she, she not so much flies, but she sort of floats on air and everything. But, but like, I, I definitely see that, but like, I think the Justice League, it's fucking, they're getting their asses with, then Superman comes in and just flicks him with his finger and they're done, right? Like Superman kind of just yeah. takes over, but like Wonder Woman definitely has more power, like, I mean, she has more powers than Batman. Batman just, we know yeah. Batman loves to just sit around and watch. Um, I mean, Cyborg, sure, electrical stuff, great. Uh, the Flash is fast. Um, but, like, I feel Wonder Woman, if you would rank them on power, I mean, Aquaman, again, we're kind of a bit skewy from what Aquaman does, but I'd say Wonder Woman's probably the second most powerful in that group and she didn't do yeah. half the shit we see in this movie. Yeah, well, and maybe she will in the Snyder Cut. Who knows? Maybe. Well, I mean, <laughs> God, everyone's in the Snyder Cut. Joker's in Snyder Cut. Have we talked about that yet? Oh, we can't wait, right? Well, I actually, weirdly, I am looking forward to that, but, hey, that's just me. Um, having said uh, that, oh, what is Zack Snyder? Oh, we're not doing any reshoots. Uh, yeah, all right, okay, sure, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> we believe you. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to cover in this one, or have we pretty much covered it all? Um. The soundtrack the score I was good. That. I love the yeah, score. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, the score, I really like that. The, uh, more 80s music we needed. We got a Welcome to the Pleasure Dome by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is a great song. Um, I really wish we had a bit more of the, the... I feel like they use a bit more 90s music in Captain Marvel, although we got I'm Just a Girl and we know how terrible that scene was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sad that we didn't get more Robin Wright. Like, I'm happy that she came back. Don't get me wrong. Um, like, that opening sequence is actually really cool. I, I, I really did. Yeah enjoy that um oh do we want to talk about the post credits <laughs> like, oh very say? important so spoiler I, yeah I, I this is a big spoiler but like it was funny because like i saw people like the one thing i might have seen was like oh let's talk about the post credit scene and whenever i see that i'm like oh, okay it's a big deal like remember like spider-man far from home was kind of like well that was a that was a good one and you know yeah. a few other ones like I don't know enough about the original Wonder Woman to know, but so when I see her and I'm thinking like, oh, is this setting up like a, you know, a sequel or whatever? And when she turned to the camera and was like, I've been around for a while, I'm like, I kind of was like, is that Linda Carter? And then all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. boom, special appearance by Linda. Like that yeah. kind of was like, I loved it. Like it was great. Like a nice little homage to her and kind of great. But like it was just so weird that it's within one second of seeing her on the screen, you get, and special appearance by Linda Carter <laughs> as Aphrodite or whatever it was. So like, but that was a cool little moment. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wasn't like brought up on the Wonder Woman TV show. I don't think I even saw it. I may have seen one or two episodes over the years, you know, just look it up on YouTube. It wasn't until I think about two years ago where uh, I found the Wonder Woman box set uh, for one of the seasons for like 10 bucks. And it is a really good show. And I mean, Linda Carter was great on that show. Uh, what's craziest to me is that, that 
that scene finished. And Gina's like, who's that? I'm like, that's the original Wonder Woman. She's like, how old is she? I look up. She's 70 years old. Wow. She looks Oof. younger than Chris Pine. Jeez, Linda Carter. Wow. <laughs> Oof, let's get her in the next away. one. <laughs> yeah, let's give her her own spinoff. Like, man, she's in shape. She looks yeah. good. Well, so, so she so she's meant to be the one who had the suit beforehand, right? She was the yeah the one that the the suit came from. So I believe they're already like writing a sequel to this. I think Patty Jenkins has come out and said that. Um, mm-hmm. So I want I wonder like maybe they can bring her back. You, you know? wonder? <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, sorry, I just got a text. Sorry. Oh no, that that's Tanya Roberts. Uh, apparently alive oh. again. Sorry, I thought that was Linda okay. Carter. Sorry, but um. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, sorry. Dead, dead. <laughs> Tanya Roberts, dead. Yep. You know, I would say, let's see if anybody remembers this come the end of the year, but we know that she's going to die and be brought back to life several more times by the end of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like Trump, she's going to be tweeting out, oh, no, I didn't die. Recount the, the death statistics. Recount my heart rate. I only need 1,078 more doses. <laughs> Um, I have a feeling I know what you're going to do with this movie. You said this is among your favorites, and I think you bought. Did is there anything you didn't buy for? I think the only DCEU one I've not bought is Aquaman, which I believe I rented. Everything else I think I've bought. Yeah, and I think I rented Birds of Prey and um, uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, To me, this is it's it's not a bin. There are a lot of things wrong with this movie, but I mean, I've compared this to so many other movies, as I mentioned, like like Captain Marvel, like uh, Spider-Man 3, like X-Men Apocalypse. None of those movies are absolutely awful. This one isn't either. And this is actually more enjoyable than all those movies. But it's still not a great movie. There's a lot of problems with it. But there's nothing that I'm mad about. Like, I'm not disappointed. I, I had huge expectations for this. It was not as good as I would have hoped. I I said this to Jamie too. I'm like, it's not as good as I would have hoped it would be, but I'm not like super let down. It's still worth a watch and I'd probably still watch it again. So you're renting? I'm renting, yeah. Okay, no, I'm I'm buying. I I like, I mean, if we were to sit here and rank all nine, I would, I, this would be maybe third or fourth. Um, I I just really enjoyed it. I really did. Like I, I would probably have, Shazam above it, Batman v Superman above it, um, Justice League above it. Um, but I, I mean, I'd probably have this above everything else. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and like, I, I kind of want to watch it again right now. Like, and um, I don't know. Like, I just can't explain it. Like, sometimes you just watch a movie and you're just like, wow, I really like that. Um, so. Yeah, and like I don't know, maybe this is just that internal part of me which is just going to defend the DCEU no matter what. Um, even Aquaman, the one that I like the least, I still, you know, thoroughly enjoyed that much more on a second viewing, and it's just so batshit crazy that I enjoy it. But um, <laughs> no, I, I just, I just really enjoyed it. It's kind of been interesting to see some of the feedback for this film and everything that it's getting. Um, but I, I also think like it sums up 2020 movies again. Everything that's kind of come out is like kind of just been like, wow, that was better than I thought, and it's sort of. You know, it took so long for this to come out. It's been delayed by a year and then it kept getting delayed and delayed and they finally just bit the bullet and put it out there. So it was perfect timing, I think, for Elise, like a, a year that was weird and here's a movie like this. And, like, can you imagine if we had fucking got, like, the Lion King live-action remake at Christmas instead or, like, Ugh. Captain Marvel or something crap? Like, I mean, this was mm-hmm. just a bit of fun. Uh, and, I like, I've got a weird feeling that this is going to be one of these movies that in 10 years' time people are going to be like, wow, actually, that was really good, like, and defend it and, like, just there's going to be a huge fandom for this movie. 
Because this is more than any of the other superhero movies, Marvel or DC, this is a kid's movie. Mm, so mm. I feel like the next generation, it's going to be like the way the prequels are getting all this love now. Because all oh, the yeah. kids who grew up on the prequels that had no voice on the internet, you know, in 1999 to 2005, suddenly have a voice on the internet. So I, I do see that this, uh, you know, will probably improve over time. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm down for watching this again. I mean, Gal Gadot, I will watch anything for Gal Gadot now. Well, I think maybe, like, again, we've, we've got months and that set up. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I think kind of maybe in the lead up to Snyder Cut, maybe if we've got time, we can just do a, a full recap of this. Because, again, we, I mean, unless we just want to wait and for the next four, as we always do for a <laughs> DC month, I don't know. But, um, like, I, I, I'd be great for us to do some sort of coverage on the Snyder Cut, whether we're just going to come in each week mm-hmm. and do a review or something like that. But, um, yeah, like, I... I mean, this. I, I would gladly do another episode. It's not like Shazam levels of like, let's talk about it again. But like, it's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this film. So yeah. I should also say in my rankings, this could change over time. I am going to put this last because I think it is the most flawed movie that they put out. Uh, but if I had to choose between which one I'd sooner rewatch, I'd probably sooner rewatch over this over Birds of Prey. But mm. Birds of Prey is a better movie overall. I mean, we've both sort of agreed on all the problems with this movie. Uh, and we both sort of agreed on all the good things about it. <laughs> Just holding it in completely different spots in our rankings. Yeah, for sure. And I, one thing I say, I, I, Gal Gadot's acting is definitely getting better. I just want to point oh, yeah. that out. There, there was one scene in this movie, I can't remember what it was, where I was like, oh, I, that wasn't good. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it was like in the truck chase when she was like shouting or like crying about something. I was like, oh, that wasn't good. But like for the rest of it, she's definitely improved. So yeah, good yeah. on you, Gal Gadot. Is it Gal Gadot or G- Gal Gadot? We always have this conversation. I thought it was Gadot, but I could be wrong. Good old, good we old. should ask her. Come yeah. on the show, gal. Come on, gal. Does that sound derogatory? <laughs> like, come on, gal. Come on. Come on. Come on, little lady. <laughs> come on, sweet cheeks. Come over here. <laughs> well, like that guy in the park, the, the drunken guy. Yeah, baby cakes. How <laughs> many other derogatory terms can we come up with for Gal Gadot? <laughs> oh, hang on. Sorry. Tanya Roberts. Still dead. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just in case just anybody checking. was keeping up through our checking. podcast. Yep. Um, other stuff coming up. We're going to be doing Canada, Australia month. Uh, do you have your choices solidified? I know I have swinging safari. Was the other one crocodile Dundee? I can't remember. I mean, mine are changing. One of mine is solidified, but the others are changing so drastically. Definitely swinging safari will a hundred percent be up. Um, and I feel like I need to put Crocodile Dundee just because it's like the quintessential. Maybe Babe, because Babe is so good and I yeah. haven't seen Babe in a long time. Or maybe I'll get like a Yahoo Serious movie and we can fucking do like <laughs> Young Einstein or whatever one of those crappy ones are. But um, I don't know. Swinging Safari, 100% yes, and you better like that movie because it's amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, what's the Canadian one we're definitely doing? Uh, okay, so the Canadian one, I had to look to make sure you could find it on YouTube because it's a little-known movie that's developed like a huge following over the years called Treed Murray, T-R-E-E-D Murray. Uh, so people can find that on YouTube. It's one of my favorite Canadian movies ever made, one of the lowest-budget movies I think you'll ever see. It's literally just a guy being chased up a tree and spending a <laughs> night up there as a gang is great. ready to kill him. Uh, <laughs> but great movie. Uh, I've been so torn on the other ones, but I think I decided on one that I haven't actually seen Similar to the reason that you want to go with Crocodile Dundee or Babe, because it is considered like, I guess, one of the most commercially successful Canadian movies, one of the most well-known. Uh, it's a movie called Dead Ringers from the 80s that was directed by David Cronenberg. That um, Who is it that stars in it? It's, it? it's like one of the first instances where a major Hollywood star did just a Canadian movie. Hmm. Um, 
I'm looking it up right now, but uh, uh, oh, Jeremy Irons, perfect. Oh, Scott Jeremy himself. Irons, yeah, he plays twins in this uh, sci-fi thriller from David Cronenberg, who's also the man that the Fly, yeah, uh, and um, uh, or all those Hugo, uh, not Hugo Weaving, Viggo Mortensen movies like History of Violence and all that. But David Cronenberg's like maybe the star of the all-time star of Canadian directors. Uh, I've never seen Dead Ringers, but it looks like a blast. It sounds like a blast, and it lands on almost every Canadian top ten. Surprised we're not doing Porky's now that I know that's Canadian. Can I just? I thought I wanna, about that. I want to point out this is kind of completely off topic, but a way to end this because I haven't even told you this because you and I barely talked in the last week. I got married. I had a honeymoon to go to, right? But um, <laughs> I have now officially seen one show that you always talk about because we were flicking channels and it was on, and Mallory's like, "Oh, I love this show." We watched like two episodes of Corner Gas. And yes, that's a strange you, you, fucking show. Uh, <laughs> you cannot be a Canadian till you've seen Corner Gas. I will say Corner Gas is one of these things that if you've ever lived in a small town, the humor doubles for you. So, I mean, I, I grew up in small towns until I was like eight or nine years old. But wow, what a great Canadian it, show. It was like a, I didn't hate it. Like, I wouldn't mind watching more <laughs> of it. Like, it was kind of like just, it was just quirky enough that I was like, OK, uh, so I like, and Mallory apparently watched a couple of episodes of Shit's Creek, and she really wants me to watch it. So that's like the new Canadian thing. Oh right? yeah. So I don't oh, know, have I you mean, watched Shit's Creek or? I last couple seasons I didn't really care for, but the early ones are great. I mean, who doesn't love Eugene Levy, right? Oh, what a man! He um, will, he, he, we, I for the first time in my life watched Finding Dory the other day, and he's one of the voices. <laughs> in it. I just know him as bloody what's his face as dad in the in the American Pie. American movies, Pies. Right? So, yeah. but no, I like Eugene. But you know Levy. what? You've, I was going, I, one of the ones I wanted to pick was Corner Gas, the movie. Uh, but having never seen the TV show, I figured out. So maybe by next year, you'll see enough Corner Gas, the Corner Gas, the movie can well, be on there. I think, so in our hotel room, they had like all these marathons, right? And I think there was just a Corner Gas marathon on one of the channels. So mm. yeah, we just kind of watched a few and then we ended up just watching a lot of Friends and Big Bang Theory because they were on there. And then movie. Mallory watched Deep Blue Sea for the first time. It was on. They ah, had deep, the they Space had the, Marathon. Well, they had the Meg followed by Deep Blue Sea followed by Deep Blue Sea 2. Yeah. So we watched Deep Blue Sea because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Fucking love that movie. And then Deep Blue Sea 2 came on because I, I knew Michael <laughs> Beach was on it. I got like 45 minutes in and I'm like, this is Ooh. shit. Um, you doubled what I made it and I made it 20 minutes. <laughs> did you see the Bond opening sequence? Like there's a James Bond oh. thing basically at the beginning. <laughs> 60 yeah. sharks and women. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe we'll add that to our B sequel movie month or straight yeah, to video month if we ever do one. I didn't get it. Like Michael Beach was cool because like I like Michael Beach. But even then, like I got to the point where he's injecting himself with shit and I'm like, what? What's happening here? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's not cover it. How about that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're gonna have some other exciting stuff. Uh, mystery TV project coming soon. We're in the midst of recording. Yeah. That's all we're gonna say. <laughs> Didn't we announce what we were doing at the end of last? Year? We might have. Let's just say we're gonna be talking twenty four. <laughs> yes. Damn it. Twenty four is coming. Twentieth uh, anniversary. <laughs> and uh, as long as. Everybody keeps to the schedule. We're going to have more Total Drama coming up as we move on to Total Drama Action Ooh. Season 2. Uh, Rossi and Jared and I. Oh. Uh, and that's it. Because let's be honest, there's nothing else out there. But we're going to have new movies too. So uh, Kong, Godzilla, yeah. We no got time to die. <laughs> Fucking yeah. well, actually, speaking of no time to die, Tanya Roberts, oh, yeah. she's alive. She hasn't died oh, yet. Okay, so. good to know. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to keep... Hang on. It's not dead. 
<laughs> you know what? Let's just make that. Stick with us in 2021 and we will give you daily updates on Daniel Roberts' condition. <laughs> T-shirt coming soon. Uh, <laughs> DanielRobertsDead.com. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, for a new episode and listen to our best of episode. I actually thought it was our best, best of ever, Ben. Round of applause good. for right. everybody. I laughed. I cried. I shed a tear. It was pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's out there to download along with all the other crap we put out last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one. Don't listen to any of those. Listen to the best of what you need to hear. 2020, haven't you taken enough from us? Come on. Yeah, what was that year? God, what a terrible year. Uh, capped off by Wonder Woman 84. Uh, sorry, too easy. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Started with Sonic. Uh, <laughs> Great movie. Started so positively. Oh, um, thank you, everyone. Oscar? In Oscar month? <laughs> Oscar month's coming. Well, that's another yeah. thing we should tease. Oh, did you see Lad Undercover's comment on Twitter and yes. I didn't even know what movie it was? <laughs> we keep debating that he is eight months behind on our recaps. He's proven he's about 10 months behind now because he just got up to our review of Marriage Story from last year. <laughs> he sent me a, sent it's a screenshot of like, oh, I was got 10 minutes into this movie, enjoyed it, then what's the face from Airplane was in it that I didn't like and I'm going to stick to movies from pre-2000. I'm like, I literally write back and I'm like, is it wrong? I don't know what fucking movie you're watching. <laughs> marriage Story. Yeah. Good movie, by the we way, Land Undercover. Why did you say it was a bad movie? It's it's not his thing. He's more into bad Terminator and bad Star Wars. No, no, he hated those two. He should agree with us on everything. He listens to the Oz uh, Network. He has no taste. He can't wait to listen to and watch Wonder Woman eighty four in twenty twenty two. I know, uh, right? So <laughs> yeah, he might actually this. watch Wonder Woman eighty four on the hundredth anniversary of when it was said in two thousand and eighty four. <laughs> Make sure to tweet us in two thousand eighty four once you finish Wonder Woman eighty four. Ladder to cover. Only be ninety seven. But let's let's also again reiterate it because we never know when he's going to be listening. Is it Lad undercover? L A D undercover? L A D undercover? We don't know. <laughs> and also, can you also send us a tweet to update us on what Tanya Roberts' condition is? Yes, please. Yeah. We haven't we haven't heard anything in the last thirty seconds, and yeah. we know it's changed since then. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for lots of exciting stuff. My name is Colin, and I wish I looked like Linda Carter when I was seventy. And my name is Ben, and I do look like Linda Carter, and I'm not seven. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.